0: Sorry, Jack. (laughs) I told Matt this is my first time doing anything like this. I'm definitely out of my little box here. Okay, all right. All right. Hi, my name is Pam. My husband Robert and I have been coming to VVCC for many years. We've always attended very regularly and even volunteered in a number of ways. But it has been many years since we have been in a small group together and at least a couple of years since I have been in any kind of group at all. At the beginning of this year though, things started to change. God began stirring in our hearts and started to change our attitudes about being in a group. In the weeks leading up to group link last January, God started nudging me to let me know I needed something more. We didn't have a community of people around us to share our lives and stories with. I'm so glad that God moved and opened our hearts to the fact that we needed a group and that we needed the fellowship a group might provide. I remember the first few weeks after starting our new group in January, we just finished week number five in our small group process. It just so happened that week five was our week to share our story. It was the first time in my entire life that I shared my whole story from start to present. I can't even put into words the kind of healing I experienced through sharing the story of what God has done in my life. God gave me everything I needed to share, and for the first time in my life, I felt healed. I honestly believe that starting a new group at GroupLink was just exactly what God used to help me find healing this year. Over these last six months, this group has grown together in ways that I could never have imagined. I believe that God put our group together and He is using it in each of our lives to do amazing things. Because of my small group, I finally was able to share my whole story, which I was so embarrassed to ever do because the shame I've carried for so many years. I truly believe that God placed us in this small group and is using it in our lives in significant ways. Over these last six months, God has helped me depend on him more and more in all the different areas of my life. I love my small group. I am so thankful for how God is using that group of people in my life. God is so good and I am so very thankful for his grace and forgiveness. I am so excited to see the kinds of ways he will continue to help me grow through being a part of my small group.
1: Well, you heard Pam say at the beginning that she was nervous. So if you see her, give her a high five of encouragement or something to say thanks for sharing a little bit with us. We just we want to make sure that you know about GroupLink. GroupLink is. Uh, the primary way that we start new small groups. And so we have a group link event that takes place in January and one that takes place in August of every year. And so we are coming up on uh, another group link in just a couple of weeks on the 26th of August. And so this is an opportunity. It's, a group link is a one um, hour and a half, two hour event that happens on a Sunday afternoon, evening. And it just gives you a chance to meet some other people that you might uh, start some conversations with. You might live near them. You might have some things in common. We try to help make some connections so that you have a group of people that you could start uh, a small group with. And so we think that it's a really beneficial thing. We have lots of people. uh, I mean, if you know somebody else that's in a small group here, talk to them and find out what their experience was like. Don't just take our word for it. Don't just... Take the videos we share, talk to some people, and find out what it's been like for them to be in a small group and how God has used that. And maybe that's the next step for you to take at this point. Maybe that's something that God is leading you toward next. Um, if you're interested in registering for GroupLink, you can register uh, either in person today in the hallway or the next couple Sundays. You can also register online at our website, um, and the address is there on the screen as well. Welcome again this morning. My name is Matt, and I get to share kind of part two of a mini-series that we started last week that is related to the idea of being a part of a group, the idea that life as a follower of Jesus is better together. That when we invest in relationships, when we invest in community, when we make the decision to share our lives with other followers of Jesus, that God uses those relationships to do things in our lives that are better than what could take place had we not chosen to step into that. The creative title today is uh, part two. I spent a lot of time working on that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it really wasn't that funny. <laughs> last week, we talked a little bit. If, if you missed last week, you can always catch up on, on our website or catch up on our podcast. But um, last week, we started talking. And one of the things that I shared that I, w- I want to share again because it kind of lays some groundwork for today, but it's the idea that I think that for many of us and for a lot of Christians, we, we kind of approach our faith with this idea that like my relationship with God is just that. Like, it's my relationship with God. Like, it it doesn't really need to involve anybody else. It's a pretty personal, one-on-one kind of situation. In fact, we even use language like that when we talk about it being a, a personal relationship with Jesus. And we encourage people to begin a personal relationship with Jesus. And while that is true, and while I don't want to minimize that at all, I do think, like I said last week, I do think that that is only first step. I think that uh, entering into the relationship is step number one, and that is a personal decision, and that is an individual decision. But I do believe that when you take that step and uh, begin a relationship with Jesus, that effectively what you're doing is you are making the decision to be adopted into the family of God. And when you are choosing to be a part of the family, that no longer is an individual thing. It's not something that can stay just me and Jesus forever. The idea for us as followers of Jesus is that when we choose to step into a life of faith and a life of following Christ, that it also means that we are choosing to step into being a part of the family of God, that we are choosing to connect our lives with the other people who are connected with Christ. And that's an important thing that I think is worth highlighting again today. Last week, some of the things that I tried to do is talk about how I think that when you connect your life with other followers of Jesus, there are significant benefits for you as an individual. I think that it's one of the healthiest things that you can do. I think that there's payoff. I think that there are benefits. I think that it can make your life better when you choose to connect your life not only with Jesus, but with his followers. I think that there are specific and individual positive implications for you when you choose to do that. And so that was kind of the focus of last week. Today what I wanna do is, is um, take the same kind of groundwork, but say, uh, go just a slightly different direction. I think that not only is there benefit for you not only does it help you move toward a healthier place as an individual, I really believe that connecting your life with other followers of Jesus, that as we together step toward community, step toward relationships with each other, that it builds and strengthens and develops a healthy church for us to all be a part of. So the focus this morning is this, that a healthy church is a group project. A healthy church is a group project. I mean, nobody ever signs up and says, I'd really like to be a part of a church that's fairly unhealthy. Like, that's just not a a goal or, or something that any of us want. Like, we all have a desire for individual health, but we also have a desire to be a part of something that is good and strong and healthy and beneficial. And what I want to share with you today is this, that I think that you and I have a responsibility in the way that we build relationships with each other to help shape a healthier church. I don't have any blanks for you to fill in this morning, there's just some uh, points and there's some space if you wanna jot anything down or take any notes, but everything is gonna also be on the screen, so uh, you can feel free to look up this way as well. Point number one is this, that in a healthy church, people take it personally. In a healthy church, people take it personally. Um, We're going to look in uh, just a a few places in Scripture today. The first is this, in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians is a letter that was written by uh, the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus, he wrote this letter, he, he had helped to start this church, he had helped to get it off the ground, and then he wrote letters that we can read through what is a, a big portion of the New Testament. He wrote letters to these churches that were kinda up and running to give encouragement and further training and instructions, mostly to say like, You have started the process, now here's what you need to keep thinking about, and here's what you need to keep doing to get better. Here's what you need to do to be strong and strengthened in your faith together as a church. And uh, what I told you last week, and I'll say again, is it's amazing how much of those instructions have to do with how we live with each other. See, it was important to Jesus, and it was important to Paul and, and to other New Testament writers that we figure out how to live as a part of the family. Here's what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. I just wanna ask you this quickly, and we, we did this last week, asked some questions and had you kinda answer the questions by looking in the mirror a little bit. I want you to do this together as, uh, as a church today. I mean, would you say that these things characterize Our church, characterize you and and your experience in our church, always humble and gentle, patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Every effort to make yourselves united or to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. See, these are the things that Paul is saying, like this is what builds and sustains a healthy church, is for you as the people of God to connect your lives closely through the Spirit and to figure out how to live together well, how to be patient with each other, how to be humble and gentle, how to make allowance for each other's faults. Man, I mean, if that could happen consistently, like, that's, that's a place I want to be a part of, really. Like, that's a family I want to be in, that's a church I want to be a part of. Later in the same chapter, he says a few more things that I think are important. He says, instead we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. This last sentence here is kind of the, the crux of, of this morning. Is that as each part does its own work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I have, uh, I have four kids at home and our oldest one is eight and they uh, go down in age from there. Um, and we, I mean, as all parents, we try to, to teach them and train them and instruct them and help them to learn and grow and, and be the kind of humans that we think that they should be. And so in that process of teaching them and training them, some of the things that we're doing, I mean, especially like post-toddler, like it's just its things like basic uh, life skills and some things that we think are important. And so some of them are things that we we're trying to train them to do because we think it's really beneficial for them on an individual level. So, so I, I would think of something like brushing their teeth. Like we, we try to train our kids to brush their teeth regularly because I can look at them and say, ultimately, like I think that you need to brush your teeth because I think that that is ultimately like going to be better for you. You are going to reap the benefits later in life. Like your girlfriend in a few years is going to appreciate the fact that you're good at brushing your teeth now or you may not have to spend as many hours in a dentist chair or whatever it is, but we want you to learn these things now, like brushing your teeth, because it's, a, it's a, going to be a benefit to you individually. And so it's kind of our job as, as their parents to say, like, we need to be developing these skills and these habits and these practices um, because it's good for you and there's going to be payoff. And that's kind of what I was saying last week. Like, it's good for you to be connected with other followers of Jesus, because there are going to be personal benefits to you. It is going to pay off in your life and, and make things better for you down the road. But there's all other things in our family that we also try to teach our kids and train our kids to do. And that even in the language we use, we couch it kind of in, in uh, this, and we say, you need to do this because you are a part of the family, and this is how you contribute to our family. And so... So taking out the trash is not necessarily directly tied to, like, benefits for you as an individual, but it's important for you to do because it is how you participate in the life of our family, and you need to be spending time working on these things. And so what I want to tell you today is that this is similar in my mind, that I think that there are, are, when we're talking about building and investing in community and relationships with other followers of Jesus... Um, there are very practical, specific, personal benefits that you will reap if that's the kind of lifestyle that you're choosing to live and connect your life with others. The flip side of it is that there are very real ways that, that as you connect your life with others in the church, that is how you participate in being a part of the family, This says here, it says, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I think that he's talking about a a handful of things, but one of the ways that we do our own special work is by obeying some of the, the instructions that he gives us about being filled with love and patience and being humble and gentle just earlier in the chapter. As we do those things with each other, it is going to help the whole body to be healthy and growing and full of love. See, this is not just something that's like uh, an individual pursuit, but this is something that is personally for you to be involved in the health and the strength of what God is doing in this church. In a healthy church, people take it personally. The idea that that I have a role to play here, that it's stepping into a relationship with God is not just about me and him, but it's about me participating in what God is doing here in his body. I have some special work to do. You have some special work. To, like every one of us has a responsibility to the health and strength and growth of our church. One of the ways that you can participate in that is by you connecting your life with other followers of Jesus, asking the spirit of God to, to use you to be a source of, of humility and gentleness, and forgiveness and love in the body. Number two, in a healthy church, groups are preventative. I think that this is a crucial thing um, that we need to get a handle on as well. That groups can be preventative, or relationships can be preventative. Um, I, you know, I think I think kind of like a uh, kind of like saving for retirement. Um, if you wait until you need it, it's it's just not gonna be there. If you, if you wait to save for retirement until you need retirement savings, like you, you already missed it. And I think that the same thing is true in, in our lives as followers of Jesus when it comes to our relationships with each other, that if we wait until we need those people to be there for us, we, we probably already have missed it but as we, as we choose to invest in community with each other and step into relationship with each other and be vulnerable with each other and pursue a life of connectedness with each other, God can use that uh, in our whole church to be almost a safety net or like a first line of defense. Sin is a nasty thing and it can... Caused so much destruction. I mean, I know that you can think of lots of examples of people whose lives that you've just seen kind of like torn apart. You may even be able to think of examples of people who were living a close walk with God maybe, and their life was damaged by sin, destroyed by sin. There are very few circumstances that I can think of where, I, where I've ever heard of someone that has said like, so I was, I was involved in my church at a deep level. I, I had community around me. I had close relationships of other followers of Jesus who had access to my life, who could ask me hard questions, who could say like, who really knew what was going on Rarely does sin like have a heyday in the middle of those circumstances. Most frequently, sin has a way of destroying a life when we start to go the route of the Lone Ranger and kind of pull back and, and disconnect a little bit. For us, if we can choose to step forward into relationship with each other, God uses that as a safety net. Um, I don't know what your story is like. I know sometimes I've, I have always thought that like my story is not very dramatic. My, my like faith journey has not got some of the like um, I don't know flashy things that some other stories have. Um, I know <laughs> it's, it's always kind of riveting to like listen to someone tell a story about their faith when it's like I, my life was like all the way at the lowest of the lows, and like God rescued me from like the pit of darkness, and like that kind of thing. And I, that's not, that just isn't my story, really. Like my story. Um, and, and so sometimes over my life, I've kind of wondered, like, I don't know, it, it's fine. Like, maybe there's not as much value to that story as someone who, like, has been saved in a dramatic way. But, but, but what I do want to tell you is that I'm at the place in my life where I can look back and recognize that I really believe that the story of my faith in my life is God's faithfulness and, and the ways that he protected me and even prevented me from having to go to the pit. One of the ways I look back and and would specifically point to things that God used in my life, um, I would say that that, uh, relationships with other followers of Jesus have been pivotal for me. That it was because of the kinds of relationships that I've had close in my life from the time I was a teenager till now that, that God has used those people repeatedly and regularly to have access to my life in such a way that, that uh, he has allowed me to not live a life that's been filled with chaos and destruction. Like, um, and I'm grateful for that. Um, I, I know that you all have known people like this where, where you can see things in their life, and, but you may not have the kind of relationship where you can speak into it. Like, you, you may see them doing something and you're like, ah, uh, I, I can see, I can see even how these, this couple, like, talks to each other. I can see the way that they kind of, like, give each other a hard time and, and it is not healthy. And I can tell even by the way that they're treating each other, like, ah, uh, this is probably not going a good direction. Or maybe you've seen parents who, who uh, in the way that they care for their kids or discipline their kids or don't discipline their kids... <laughs> You might say things like, ah, I don't know how this is going to go when they're teenagers. Like, but, but when you don't have access to their life, when you don't have a, a, an established um, relationship, it's really hard to ever come alongside someone and, and offer support. Or say, hey, I, I see something and I want to talk to you about it. Like, I'm so grateful for the people in my life that have enough access to me that they can look at my life and, and say, hey, I see this thing and I, I just think you should pay attention to it. As we do that more and more, those relationships and that community that we build can function in a preventative kind of way that I think God will actually use to keep sin at bay sometimes, will actually use to keep um, destruction from our church. I think that that is one of the primary things that God does to protect his people is to, to build in layers of accountability, of resource, in a healthy church, groups can be preventative. Number three, in a healthy church, people live out the one another's. All through the New Testament, there's, there's almost 60 different places where we have a specific instruction that involves us doing something with one another or to one another. And so, so things would be like uh, that as followers of Jesus, it is, it is important for us to love one another and to forgive one another and to bear with one another, um, bear each other's burdens, and to encourage one another, and to spur one another on, and, and the list just goes on and on. There's all these things, and, and um, what I wanna tell you today is that I think that it's just about impossible for us to be obedient to those instructions in Scripture if our approach to faith is a just me and Jesus kinda thing that doesn't include anyone else if we want to be able to be obedient to what God is asking us to do, to, what, to the instructions we read in scripture, we don't really have a choice but to choose to step into the lives of each other, to choose to connect our lives to each other, to choose community. In a healthy church, the last one, love draws others in. There's a couple places that uh, Jesus shares, and I'm gonna read both of these from the book of John. John 13, um, Jesus says this. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples if we're talking about the kinds of things that we can do to contribute to the health of our church, and then these words from Jesus that say, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So the way that we love each other and care for each other and support each other and invest in community with each other becomes the lens through which people who are outside the faith begin to see Jesus. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. John 17, just a couple chapters later, says, I'm praying not only for, those, for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be Um, all one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I've given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. Same kind of deal, like, I, I don't think it's worth understating to say that, um, that as we love each other, we make Christ visible in our community. As we care for one another, we make the reality of the gospel seem like it's actually possibly true to people who are looking from the outside in that God can use our relationships with each other to be the way that he maybe is introducing himself to our communities. And so what I want you to hear more than anything today is just this, that, that I think it's crucial for you to like we shared last week, for you to invest in relationships with other followers of Jesus because I think that there are very specific and direct um, benefits to you. And not only that, I think that it is so worthwhile for you to invest in relationships with other followers of Jesus, to step into community, to choose on purpose, to connect your life in a deep and meaningful way with other Christians, because God wants to use that to accomplish his purposes in our community, in our valley. That God wants to use the way that we love each other to help show someone else about grace and love and forgiveness and what that might look like in a tangible way. That for you, I don't want to encourage you just to be a part of a group or just to to invest in community so that it's good for you, I want you to know that, that you choosing to do that and step forward in those relationships causes us to have a healthier church, causes us as a collective to be able to be positioned so that God can use us more effectively here. God didn't design community only for the benefits for you, but there are those. God designed it to be the thing that moves the church forward and moves the gospel forward. And he is calling you and calling me to step into that because he can do significant things through it. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your love and your grace to us. And God, I ask that you would be giving us the courage that it takes. I know that sometimes it's it's difficult and it, there's fear that comes with opening ourselves to each other. And there's a level of like wanting to protect ourselves. God, would you give us the courage to continue to step toward what you have in mind for us, to not be slowed down by fear or hurt or past experiences or wounds. God, would you help us to move as a church to the place that you want us to be? Would you help us to connect our lives to each other as we connect our lives to you? Would you build something worthwhile here? And would you use us to impact our community? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.